plus minus. Curry, way down to Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Hey, driving again. Oh, me. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. Do you hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to a, we're going to call this an off day Warriors plus minus for the week. That 9 p.m. tip, Tim Kawakami, Marcus Thompson are with me, Anthony Slater. Somebody asked us to announce our names. Um, it, that 9 p.m. tip uh, makes it so we need to do a morning pod together. It is a scramble at the end of those games. Way too late. <laughs> I was trying to get a lift at 2.20 a.m. or whatever the hell it was. It was uh, it was a little rough last night outside the, on the causeway outside TD Garden. But uh, we we shall go on. We shall go on. It's late, though. It's just like when you guys are reading these stories, like how late we're working. It is really late. So then we wake up in the morning and we record the podcast after that. They uh that, that that crowd had a good time yesterday though. Causeway was just the wreckage at two after just a, a late night party that uh, included an easy. I wouldn't say. Would you say it was an easy Boston win? I mean, they controlled most of the game. They were actually down. How about the Warriors getting up briefly in the third quarter? That was random. Yeah, that was amazing comeback. But you did sense like that took so much energy, took so much out of Steph. I would say you know more than anything. Uh, and there wasn't like other, other than Clay, there wasn't like other people coming along with him. So he couldn't do that all by himself. Uh, that's a little bit of what I wrote about, obviously, including the injury, but, um, which we can talk about, I'm sure. But like, you can't just be Steph Curry, especially on the road. Uh, and it was largely Steph Curry. Uh, some other guys chip it in, but it's a lot to ask on the road against that team with everything they're sending at him, including their bodies. Uh, and, it was pretty amazing on accomplishment just by him to get to that point where they're. I think he he had the three to put him ahead, right? I think he did. Yep, they were up. It was short, short. It, it was short lived, but man, that was pretty immense achievement just to get to that point. Somebody else had to pick it up from there. Like he he just couldn't do it for the whole time, and you know body parts are going to be sacrificed as he's trying to do this. This is a this is a tough haul for Steph Curry unless somebody. I mean, I, I would say Draymond Green. You know, Jordan Poole, somebody has to drop in there and give him, you know, give the everyone else a, a major lift, and it did not, did not happen last night. Yeah, and the Celtics, conversely, have all of that, right? I mean, when when Steph hit his three, it was Marcus Smart who answered, right? Uh, they, they, they got, they just got guys producing, and the Warriors haven't. I mean, they did get Clay, which was, you know, as good a sign as any, but especially in that fourth quarter, when they decided, yeah, we're not going to do drop coverage on Steph anymore. Like, they just need somebody else, and they, it just, they just can't do it without somebody else. Wiggins had a lot of good looks. You know, uh, I think they need more Jordan Poole. They need something more from Jordan Poole. But if, if Boston is going to hit from all over the place, and they're going to get contributions from up and down the roster, like the Splash Brothers, they just, they just need more than that. It just can't be some threes and the two wins that's what it was when the Warriors won they kind of limited the other guys and you know they forced Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to beat him so to me that that's kind of the difference in the series I mean Robert Williams was incredible Marcus Smart was incredible Grant Williams was good Horford was good they were just 
they just had a lot of contributions. And you start looking at the Warriors bench and you're like, where are they going to get support from on the road in that environment? We should probably talk about the staff injury briefly, or maybe not briefly. I mean, it could be the biggest play of the series. But uh, fourth quarter, about four minutes left. They're down, uh, 12, I think, 11 or 12 at this point. Um, Marcus Smart comes in for an offensive rebound that, you know, they gave up because they gave up 15 offensive rebounds. It turns into a loose ball. Al Horford falls on his foot in a scramble. Um, he plays through it, which I think is key here. The original foot sprain he had from Boston, you know, it was the it was the Marcus Smart one in March. Um, he tried to take a couple steps to, to get on in transition after it happened, and he, like, couldn't even attempt to jog, basically. So he went back to the locker room and wasn't seen again for a month, essentially. This one, it hurt. He said it was a similar injury, same foot. Um, but he played the next, what would you guys say, like couple, three, four possessions? Minutes, yeah. yeah, a couple minutes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and honestly, like if it was a close he game, clearly Steve Kerr made a clear post game. Like he was yeah. going the distance. Yeah. Like he would have played the next four minutes. Um, but limping post game, it's clearly hurting. He had it wrapped. Um, I mean, you guys saw it was weird when he was walking out of the press room. It was like all reporters stopped and were just like staring at him walk. And you could tell he was trying to be like, come on, no, don't. Oh, yeah, he was totally Um, trying to hide that limp. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he was. But you could tell he was grimacing, you know, as he's putting weight on it. Like, you know, they have 44 hours. They have various treatment plans. I mean, um they have ways i assume to take some of the pain yes, away pregame we, if you we know what have i mean ways to do that yes yes um so we'll see it practice today you know they're down 2-1 i mean it's obviously such a massive game for if he can play i would expect him to play but as tim was kind of alluding to even if he is playing a limited uh, version of steph against this celtics team is danger yeah yeah he's gonna play i, th- I mean he's gonna play it's it's a, a massive game but one, he ain't playing 44 minutes. He wasn't playing 44 minutes before this. He's not playing 44 minutes now, and it's going to be some limited version of him uh, in some way. You know, whether it takes away from his explosion to the rim, or you know, for those drives, or whether it's on defense. And they're going to need someone else who can create. And I don't know. I mean, has anyone else created really created an offense in this series? It's it's been mostly Steph. I mean, we've seen it before, but now it's really going to come on uh, other things because again i I, i'm pretty sure he's going to play even though i mean i think that might be in question i think he's going to play he said he he can't see missing a game for this but he also didn't say i'll be fine it'll be great i'm going 100 that's not going to be the case it's going to be a really tough one and i I mean i think all things go to jordan Poole. like this this could be your moment like you're going to have to do some stuff it can't be a 20 minute 10 point game like it was last night uh and uh or else Steph's going to have to, like, go into the waters and have a miracle. Mark Jackson is, might have to show up and put his hands on him or something uh, and because they need every bit of Steph Curry they can get. They need to maximize him, and, it, again, it's cannot be – he can't play 44 minutes on this ankle. For sure. He probably couldn't play 44 effective minutes anyway in that environment. It just, it's just impossible, the stuff that they're throwing at him, literally and figuratively. And now uh, the Warriors have to come up with something. Yeah, but how do they go? I mean, the tricky part is they can't get anything without Steph, really. Yeah, that is the tricky point. That is definitely the tricky point. So I don't, I don't, I don't know how they do that. I don't know how they manage Steph, like you know, not play him a crazy amount, and still be able to 
produce against that defense. Uh, especially it's it's in Is Boston it too. That that's the that's the difference. Yeah. In Boston it's a bit different. Do you guys do you guys remember the game he sprained his foot? In um, March? Yeah. He it was in yeah, it was in the second quarter and they were not playing well at the time. I think they were down maybe twelve ish and I think they went down like maybe like something like eighteen by half or you know. But they made a massive third quarter run. Uh and, and nearly I mean, they ended up losing by double digits, but there was like a 10-minute stretch where they basically, without Steph, like came back on the Celtics. And I understand it wasn't a finals game. You don't have the atmosphere. You don't have the physicality, just like the, the stakes, everything that has gone into these finals. But Jordan Poole brought them back in that game. I don't know if you guys remember. He scored like, you know, a ton of third-quarter points. He was hitting a bunch of like pull-up threes from the top of the key. Um, this was kind of the beginning of that Jordan Poole surge. Uh, in some ways Um, and I just think what Tim said is right I mean like it's just if Steph is hindered at all like it's just got to be Jordan Poole and like to me that is a massive concern right now for the Warriors because he just doesn't look even like his normally confident self even if sometimes it's irrationally confident I thought he was super deferential to start the game like the first nine minutes in game three he was basically playing like traditional point he'd bring it up and then pass it off and like scatter away basically um he only took one shot and it was right away in his first nine minutes then he got a little bit more aggressive but you know still it's a lot of like you know just over dribbling with the ball there was that one possession he ended up scoring it was a nice move on robert williams but it took about <coughs> 19 seconds of dribbling as uh you know steve kerr standing at half court you know like telling him come on pass it pass it pass it and he eventually scores but um he's just not just been take, that productive it takes a lot to score on the celtics i think that's what yeah. we're saying like it takes a lot that that drive is not there that you know the explosive you know one move drive it's like he takes two moves takes three moves to score and that one play the one that we were talking about when he kind of went up and under yeah, uh, it, like that took like five moves because of how good Robert Williams is, and then if not Robert Williams, you have Horford, and you have Jalen Brown swooping in. You got Marcus Smart. Uh, th- that's been hard for Jordan, and especially the physicality, because we know he's not the most physical player. And I'm watching some of those, a little bit of those highlights, and those offensive rebounds. How many times did you see when it was Pool not touching anybody? Uh, th- that's a problem, and that's a whole other problem. But offensively, yes, I just like I think he just has to put his head down and say, "I'm going to find a shot somewhere." It doesn't have to be at the rim; it can be five feet from the rim, it can be ten feet from the rim, it, it can be extended out to the three. Uh, they need volume out of him, you know. They need throw threat out of him to try to open up. Like we used to talk about, he's got the same, Shoot. you know, similar to Steph gravity. It's not clearly not as powerful, but they just try to move the defense and to get other people shots. Because Steph's the only one doing that right now. Now Clay, you know, took advantage of it in the third quarter last night, a little bit in the second quarter, but um, they need more than that. And the only guy they got who can do it, other than Steph, is Steph is limited. Or even what we've seen with Steph's really good. They weren't gonna, they they didn't win the game. You know, they didn't lose because he got hurt. They had lost the game essentially already. Even with Steph playing very well and getting those clay shots, they just need something else. And uh, Boston makes it hard for that something else. I mean, we're seeing that it's, it's no, you know, not a terrible thing to say it's hard to score against Boston. It is hard to score. Although, what they score eleven in the fourth quarter, like that's evidence of Boston just physical dominance and the Warriors kind of, you know, falling apart there. Just you know that the open of the fourth quarter, down four, Steph coming back in, was it miss, miss, turnover, turnover, turnover? I mean, now Steph Curry with those three back to back to back turnovers, uh, it's hard to play the Celtics. 
bad, bad passes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan Poole, I think, should just shoot more. Just yep. shoot the jumper more. Just take it more often. You mentioned volume. Marcus, what have you thought about just Poole? Yeah, I don't know if he's – to me, the point of attack is has just been the issue. Uh, and, and Steph is strong enough to kind of power through it. Um, I wrote in my piece, he's got – only Jason Tatum has more drives. And Tatum had 19 in game three. So he was just pinned down going to the hole. So – Pool, like he can't turn the corner like that, but somehow or another, he's just kind of got to be aggressive. Uh, like, like we saw in the end of game two, where he's just like, All right, I got Grant Williams on me, I'm taking him, and, and it's decisive and it's clear. I think in the fourth quarter, they, they just don't shift it up a gear, like they, they're kind of like that's when they like turn to their offense, right? And they're like, All right, let's run, let's run some actions, let's run some motions, but that's not. That's not really going to work against Boston. They work when they're in pick and roll, when they're hunting matchups, when they're guys who can, you know, play make and move the defense, have the ball in their hands. And that's that's Steph and Poole, right? That, that's that's who that is. So I don't know if they – like they had Marcus Smart on him a couple of times. Like he, he, they've got to, like, look to get him the matchup that helps them. It's Grant Williams. It's, it's Peyton Pritchard, right? It's Robert Williams. He had a nice move against Robert Williams in the paint. But just, it's heavy. It's got to be heavy ball handler, pick and roll, ISO. It's got to be heavy on that and less on the the movement and, and, and the off-ball cutting because that stuff, especially when the game's online, you see what Boston does. They cleared out. They put potato at the top, and it's like, go make a play because that's how you win games like that. So it, when Poole has the confidence to do that, like they got, he's good, but they got to give it to him, right? They got to make sure – put them in the matchups instead of kind of being passive about it I don't and they're, they're doing a lot of Draymond and like four on three Draymond make the play but that's not really working either because they're not like Draymond's not a, not a threat offensively so they, they've got to put the ball to Steph or Jordan Poole's hand pretty much the majority of the game especially in the fourth quarter We've waited too long probably to have a Draymond Green segment. You kind of let us into it a little bit right there. Um, he has been the barometer in this series for the Warriors. He was l- low energy and um, much too casual in his closeouts in game one, and they lost in a large part because they gave up way too many open threes. Um, in game two, he just, you know, a, a fire had been lit under him. He. I mean, he has that memorable jump ball in the first possession, and obviously he becomes a major storyline because of the way he uh, interacted with the Celtics all game. And I think generally his um, upping of that uh, just physicality, energy, whatever, you, everything game two led him to a win. And then he comes in game three. You kind of expect him to be um, – I, I just thought he was going to be a lot more – on edge uh, in game three, and he just wasn't. Um, it was, it almost felt like a regular season performance by him um, that just not matching what was needed. And, you know, he finishes obviously with just a nearly silent stat line two points, four rebounds, three assists in 35 minutes, fouls out, six fouls. Um, and, you know, you do look at the, you know, I wrote about the rebounding issues. He, they gave up 15 offensive rebounds. Well, he's at the heart of that, especially, you know, they went smaller more than 
they had been. Kevon Looney only played 17 minutes. I think that's its fewest since uh, they, you know, remember when they inserted him back into the starting lineup. He had seven rebounds in 17 minutes. Problem is the other amount of minutes in the game, um, they were not rebounding. Porter wasn't. Wiggins was, you know, Wiggins had seven, but uh, Tim mentioned the pool, uh, you know, issues boxing out earlier, issues with physicality. Yes, there are other people who I think were at fault. Steph was ball watching a bunch, but Draymond Green needs to own that interior, and he just did not uh, at all in in really any ways in the game. And you know, I, he accepted it post game, called himself soft, said he stunk, um, but that's I mean I don't know. It, to me, his play has, has has been maybe their biggest issue through three games, at least the two losses. Yeah, this Boston makes it tough for him. I, I just this does remind me. Clay said he's got 15 vibes. I, I saw, I felt a little 16 Oklahoma City vibes with Draymond, like that length, uh, and that was peak Draymond, like peak, 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 peak Draymond, and that length really bothered him, even back then. And I think he didn't play great. The energy wasn't great. A lot of this, you know, there's a lo- lot of things we can discuss that, that go into this package, but he he just, I think he's like a little bit like he doesn't know what to do against. Robert Williams when he gets in the lane and when he's going downhill and four on three, you know he doesn't know exactly if he can he finish. No, can he? Does he pass it to somebody who someone's going to just jump the lane anyway? Uh, offensively, I think that's some of the issues. And defensively, he just like the size is getting to him. Now he's he can play better and he can fight harder. Uh, and, and it was surprising that it was as muted as, as the performance was, just because you just figure Draymond loves this role, right? He loves being, but he loves people chanting his name. Uh, in a very derogative way, uh, he thinks that means that you know he, he's got their attention and he's going to answer it. But I also think Robert Williams, Al Horford, Jalen Brown, Mark—they're tough for him to play, and they have to the adjustment, a tweak. I don't know, uh, or or it's just going to be him barreling into the unknown. Like you know, you, you kind of want to know where you're going to end up when you're barreling down lane against the Celtics. You kind of have to just pick something and guess and hope it comes out right. You might end, end up not looking very good. But that's better than being hesitant, I think. That's better than, like, second-guessing every move you make. And I think Draymond's doing some of that. And some of it is just, like, Robert Williams is just just being more physically dominant. And that will happen. Uh, They need, I think, one of those just Draymond shot out of a cannon. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. Uh, That's what they got in Game 2. And they're going to need some of that. And it might be bad. But the energy level has to go up and just see where it takes them. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a lot. It's a lot to ask him. Like he he has to, like he has to compensate for, you know, the lack of size, the lack of length, the lack of athleticism, you know, the lack of explosiveness with energy. And I think what we're seeing against the Celtics team is that it's really difficult for him to get there, like in consecutive games. Right. Uh, it's tough for him to summon. You can see him like on some of those rebounds, like. Like, he was jumping with all he had, but Robert Williams is just, you know, <laughs> just bigger. And that normally is enough for Draymond, but it's not enough in this series. I think I think the, the bigger concern is his defense and not the offense. I think there's far too much focus on his offense. But I agree. He couldn't take away Jalen Brown. He didn't take away Al Horford. And they need him to anchor the defense. They, they just need him to. They need him to be a factor on that end. And if that means, like, hey, don't worry about offense, then he needs to do that. You know, then they need to let him just be a screener and not try to answer 
the whole what do I do in the four three pick and roll. But he he if he's not a factor on defense, they don't really have a chance. And, and defense or rebounding, like that, yeah, that's all part of defense. He's got to, they cannot give up those offensive rebounds. Cannot do it. I mean, as we have these conversations, obviously, but the one we had about Steph earlier and physically holding up, Draymond now and facing the Celtics, like I just I do think these next couple games, few games, are somewhat of a, a referendum on the age of this core, and you know, just where this is going. Not only the next week, but the next few years. Um, and it's been an unbelievable playoff run, and they have reannounced themselves onto the stage. They have proven a lot, even if they lose the next two games. They've proven a ton in this, like, resurgent season, resurgent playoff run. But, you know, it's like, you know, we're talking about can Draymond amp it up for, you know, over two straight games? Can Steph physically hold up over the course of this um you know, series, and it's just, I mean, Steph is 34, Draymond is 32, Clay is coming off, you know, two injuries that to me have made him more inconsistent as a scorer than ever, and it's just, like, that's what I think we're going to, if if the Celtics just wrestle away control and, you know, kind of send the Warriors to the offseason pretty convincingly, we're going to probably start talking a little bit more about just, like, the age of the core. That's what would be my prediction. Yeah, no, I mean, that's going to be it, no doubt. Uh, it is the finals. Isn't that going to happen Austin's anyway? Really good. Win or lose? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're old no matter what. Uh, Are you guys feeling it yeah, more? Yeah, like, to me, yeah, I'm feeling even it more this... like within the series, and I'm probably going to write about this uh, later today. Is, I mean, are they going to lose too much if they try trot out Kaminga at some point? Like, they do have some athletes. I understand it could be a disaster, and 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 maybe like odds on would be a disaster. But is that a lot worse than the minutes they gave Bielitsa, or you know, trying to fake it with some some other non super athletes? Just throw them out there, see what happens. Um, maybe a little moody, like it just to to try to put more and more responsibility on Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Especially in Boston, I don't think that's the way to go. I just think it's just too much to ask of them against those athletes playing at that speed with that physicality. They, they you know, they might be able to pull, pull it off. You know, again, get a win at home and get another win at home, push this series deeper. But I just the answer in the short term. There's always there's going to be tons of questions. You know, in, which we've all known two timelines, right? We, the two timelines for a reason because one of them's old. Uh, but that's going to happen no matter what, as, as Marcus said. Like, there's, they win the next three games. We're still, we're still going to talk about it there, and Steph's going to be 35 next year. Uh, but I think they sh- they've shown enough. Those guys have shown enough this postseason, which has been, again, as you said, a great postseason. They've run into an incredibly athletic team. Think it on the short term is Jordan Poole and whatever the young guys can possibly pull out. And what the Warriors would say, if we're going to put a period at this, a theoretical period to this season – Warriors going to say that's why they have James Wiseman too. Now, Warriors fans might blanch at that, and the league at large will laugh at that, but that's what the Warriors are thinking. They got James Wiseman and Kaminga and Moody and Jordan Poole, and that's how they work. You know, they work the other three guys in next season, and that's where theoretically some of this comes from. I would say get that jump started. Let's see what Kaminga can do in this this situation. It's it's brutally tough. It's really hard. He might fumble the ball three times and become right back out, but. That's their answer down the road. Maybe it's a little bit of their answer in, in this series. Yeah, I, I definitely think they got to go deeper. I mean, to me, like GP2, what he played 11 minutes, Otto Porter, like to me, 
you kind of got to lean into that. I mean, it's Clay brought up 2015. It's like they that was strength in numbers, man. Remember, they, they were deep. Yeah, they, they were relying on guys. Remember, David Lee changed that series in game three when they ran high pick and roll. Game, and then obviously they made a change to put Andrew Iguodala in and Sean Livingston, Leandro Barbosa. Like it's just a, it's a lot to ask for them to lean on that. I, I mean, I wrote about like you know part of, maybe part of the issue is they do lean on this championship pedigree too much, uh, and like you, that that doesn't bring you force, right? Like. Celtics don't care about that. <laughs> they're not. They're not worried about that. They're playing with force, like they're playing with like energy and hunger, and somehow the Warriors got to find that. And that's how they won in 2015. It wasn't when they won in 2015. It wasn't based on the fact that they had won a championship before. It was they had a certain urgency about them, right? They had a they had a will, and they've got to figure that out. But I think the answer is like in depth. It's putting some, you know, some hungry guys out there. Like, I'm, I'm with you on Kaminga and Moody. If, if it's not for just but for four, three, four minutes, if it's, it's some kind of fight, right? Like, it's some kind of something the Celtics have to deal with. I feel like that's what they have to do. If nothing else, to save Dray- – like, Draymond played 35 minutes and he wasn't great. I don't know if the answer was 35 minutes, <laughs> right? If he doesn't have it, the answer is probably rest, right? Like, save him up. To get him, maybe he's got some energy down the stretch for the fourth quarter. But they, they kind of have these pieces that they can use. I just feel like the answer is there. That's where the answer is. And, and if, if those guys, if the Wiggins and Otto Porters, if you know, Jordan Poole and all that, if they can't get it done, then they, they don't win the series. But it's very clear, like, Steph, Steph's had a great series. He's, like, the lead scorer of the series. He's been the most effective playmaker. But they need more they need something else so I, I like the idea of the, the veterans who haven't been there before you know having an impact right and kind of leaning on that or even the youngsters who haven't been there before but I agree I, I just think it's a lot to ask to ask these three 30 year olds to take on this Boston team you see what Clay drove and Jalen Brown blocking from behind <laughs> and then was yelling at the crowd it was like yo, th- th- these dudes are different <laughs> this isn't like he looked 25 compared to Clay 32 in that play, and you know how, how do they respond to that is the real question. Yeah, I mean, I think part of their hesitancy to put in Kaminga is like this does feel like you know a run for the dynasty core, and like they want to go down. I mean, you know, it goes back to preseason. It's like play the veterans, sign the veterans in the offseason. You know, obviously the the skepticism that they should even add the draft picks was, was always there early in the season. And I just – I I have a belief that they want to kind of go down with, you know, playing their style. And like, you know, when they put Kaminga out there, it juices up the athleticism. He gives them an extra body, particularly in isolation situations, to put on, you know, Tatum or Brown. Um, but I just think they are concerned. It's like, okay, suddenly we can't play the flowing style of offense. Suddenly he's making two defensive mistakes, which, by the way, you know, some of the veterans are also yes, making. Yes, but yes, I'll point that out. You know what? I, I don't want to be flippant about but you know what would be the greatest, you know, respect for the dynasty guys is to win another championship, <laughs> however you can do it. Uh, yeah. And they're still going to play 36 minutes apiece or whatever it's going to be. It's just within the margins. It's just in the combinations. Uh, and it's not like, 
they're getting incredible play from the supporting players right now. And I'm not, you know, I, I think Wiggins was actually pretty good last night. He just couldn't, he couldn't hit a shot, but he, he was out there. He was trying to play at the same speed as the Celtics. Like he was the one guy I thought was trying to play at that speed. Clay a little bit on offense, maybe not so much on the other side. Steph, of course, but I'm saying the, uh, of all everyone else, Looney looked a step slow. Draymond looked two steps slow. Uh, there are various people. And, and so you were not exactly getting great play out of some of the supporting casts. Throw 10 minutes to Kaminga or Moody or both. You know, Again, it might be a disaster, and I'll say it's a disaster if it was. Uh, and believe me, I think the head coach might point it out to me if that all happens. And I write the column that I'm writing. But uh, I, I just think the, the greatest thing you can do for Steph Draymond Clay is to give him more help. That's the greatest thing you can do. It's the greatest setup for them is to let them be great on their own terms and not have to try to be great for everybody else on the team. And uh, I would just suggest, yeah, I'm writing my column as we're doing this podcast, so maybe you don't even have to read it, but uh, that would be my idea. I think they're in that, you know, they're not in a let's just do it the way we've always been doing sort of situation. Hey, if there's 15 vibes, they made, this, they made the lineup switch in game four, down 2-1 in Cleveland. And they pulled out Bogan and put Iguodala in. I mean, they don't have that to do right now. It's, it's not the same under Iguodala, but something of that magnitude I think this feels like that is necessary, especially when Steph's limping, especially when a lot of things are in question. This is the only game with only one day off, by the way, the only one in the finals, and it's the one where Steph got hurt uh, in the previous game. That That is yeah. a, a unique situation for them. You, I mean, you know, it's, I think just seeing, reading their tendencies, reading Kerr's tendencies and his chorus tendencies at times this season, I think, you know, I 100% understand the argument of like Kaminga and leaning that way but I'm ex- almost expecting them to lean the other way and go Andre Iguodala like you know this is you're getting 20 minutes like go down with the ship essentially um we'll see and the other thing is and I mean you mentioned lineup chains like the problem for them right now is like Looney's playing w- well to the point that like not only he, you shouldn't replace him in the starting lineup like why is he only getting 17 yeah. minutes especially the way Draymond's playing like Draymond 35 minutes Looney 17 minutes who yesterday would have been the better as the lone big out there in like a smaller lineup like probably Looney he's rebounding better for sure even if Finishing it's just better. five more minutes right like yeah. not only is Draymond fresher but like maybe Looney could be the one big you know like while they go with smaller you know smaller players i mean he pulled clay but clay got a rough start clay got clay came out pretty early and it was like steve was like yeah you don't have it right now take take a break and then come back like to me i think that should be like standard protocol for guys who don't have it if draymond doesn't have it he probably will for game four but five minutes more of looney probably makes a difference uh i think you know, like especially when the problem was they were getting so destroyed on the boards. What was that? Was there a game against Dallas where Draymond only played twenty nine minutes? Remember that one? Was it was I, I forget which was that five? Well, I mean, yeah, look, there's yeah, I mean, he's they've done it before where they've cut Draymond's minutes down a little bit. Two of their biggest, I would say, a few of their biggest wins in these plays. Obviously, Draymond gets ejected in Memphis. He doesn't play the second half. But remember, I believe it was the game six closeout of Memphis where Draymond fouled out. He was in foul trouble all game. He struggled. And, like, they were coming back with Looney. That was when Looney had 22 rebounds. And um, there's there's been a a, a few games where Looney is the lone big with more space out there. You know, the way he's finishing, I mean, I'd like to go – I should go look at his field goal percentage for the playoffs. But, you know, he's had nice 
moments as the you know singular big out there but uh you know we only got about six minutes left or so crowd environment what you guys just think generally it was loud <laughs> it was really loud uh it was vulgar it felt but like it old oracle boston crowd yeah, uh, and it fe- definitely could feel it. You know, the, you know, the, the Warriors didn't even say, "Oh, we didn't hear it." Like you felt it. You had, I mean, it, it just was a a living thing. You understood that, uh, and the Celtics absolutely living on it, or absolutely, which is what they should do. You should ride it. And when when Oracle got super loud with the Warriors, they just rode it, and that's what was happening last night. Um, good crowd, you know. You listen, the, the fu Draymond stuff is is what it is, but it's it's a crowd. It's a passionate crowd. Warriors should try to feed off of that too. You know, to take one of those road games like they've done in 26 consecutive series, right? How many times we throw that stat out there? Uh, they they got to meet that, and they didn't. They did not meet that. I also mostly it's because the Celtics played so good. You know, it wasn't the crowd; it's the Celtics playing so good. But that was a a crowd that affected the game. I mean, Clay, Clay talking. Clay caring about the kids was wild to me. <laughs> There's kids in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Think about the kids. Think about the children. Just the way he puts answers sometimes. <laughs> He's like, we've played against very, we've played in front of very rude people. Yeah. He, <laughs> they, they were a little salty about it. You know, even Steve basically, you know, took a, took a little jab at him. Uh, uh, I think that means it'll ramp up. <laughs> I think that, oh, yeah, I think that means they, they lean in because, you know, it, it sprayed so the Warriors since the I thought it was a sign of respect, right? Like they, if, they're, if they hate you so much, it shows that they, they, they fear you. That's what I thought. So, you know, I think the Warriors are a little hot after that game. And I mean, I don't, they didn't love the foul calls on Steph, I'm sure. And they wanted. I mean, I put this in my story, but why are they not. Why are they not standing up for Steph in that end? Like, that's, that's part of the playoffs, man. Like, Steve coached up to Phil Jackson. He was always working the refs. Like, you know, yeah. why are they? In the media. Yeah, like, in why the are media, they not? I, I don't understand why they aren't doing that. Like, forget. I mean, you know, Steph is not going to do it just because you don't want to, you know, that's just not his style. But it was weird. Like, I mean, Steph had one free throw. And... You know, Marcus Smart is being very physical. I mean, they all are, yeah, and it's like they're they're just not going to say anything. That's just to me. That's weird. And not only not saying anything, I thought it was should they should have challenged his third foul. I mean, it was that weird situation where Derek White kind of fell over while like was coming up to set a screen, and he thought maybe the foul was on Wiggins. You look at the replay, and it's just Derek White just kind of fell over. And it was late in the first half, and they had spent the entire second quarter trying to protect him, you know, going to zone at times. Steph was playing, like, you know, his worst defense of the series because he was being so, like, hands-off to avoid the third foul. They get a ticky-tack non-foul, really, was the third. And I'm like, challenge it. Yeah. This felt like the best. And, that like, you, you could not only argue, yell at the refs, tell the media how much you don't like what's going on with Steph, whatever, but, like, challenge that call. And suddenly he goes in the second half with two fouls. Maybe he's – just freer. I don't know. It's but funny. I just... When Steph asks for a challenge, they don't do it. And when Draymond asks for a challenge, they almost always do it. Uh, maybe that's just the way – it just seems that way. It's anecdotal. But uh, Steph wanted a challenge immediately. And now he's wanted challenges before and, and not been a great moment to do that. But, uh, yeah, to try to get him off of that. They didn't foul. challenge a call at all, by the way, yesterday. No. So, no. You, you, you know, it may, I get the argument of saving it for later, saving it for the fourth, but – was never used, and maybe if Steph doesn't have that third, 
some. Well, stuff. I'll say that fourth was was not was not smart by, by or the second. Mark is smart too. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, just the running behind him as he's dribbling up. All he has to do is stop, and there's your fourth foul. Uh, and I don't think he stopped. I think he just slowed down, and Steph kind of and he veered into Steph's the path that Steph was running, trying to steal it. That don't do that with three fouls on the road in the finals. Just don't do that. Uh, but by the way. That sequence changed the game because, yep. you know, they're coming back. They're getting traction at that point, and he does the reach and gives Marcus Smart three free, free throws. Marcus Smart makes three free throws. Then they throw a bad pass that goes out of bounds. Then they stand around and, like, kind of, I don't know, complaining at each other mm-hmm. while Jalen Brown runs up court, and they just throw a you know, inbound from basically near their own hoop over the top to Jalen Brown for a dunk, Steve Kerr timeout. I thought that was basically game. Yeah, they weren't even complaining, really. It was just like, oh, you know what? That was kind of weird. Okay, uh-huh. And then phew, right over their heads for a dunk. Uh, and that was Draymond, by the way. I mean, Draymond, I mean, maybe he wasn't solely responsible for it, but that's his guy. Uh, but, you know, Draymond was at the baseline. Maybe he isn't supposed to get all the way back. But uh, they kind of just kind of stopped in the finals. It was a close game, down, you know, to, to go down 2-1. A little of a sign of the kind of lack of focus or whatever you want to say. And they'll come back harder in the next game. But, again, you know, that's kind of like losing game one. You, you put yourself on the brink. You have to play a perfect game. You don't play a perfect game, you're down 3-1. That's a problem. All right, fellas. Well, we are getting kicked out. Um, so uh, we will talk in as Friday night another 9 p.m. game yeah we're not doing a I Saturday morning fight. I don't know yeah, we're not doing a Saturday so morning record on that one uh Saturday morning I'm gonna be in the air yeah, so, so let's record on the flight all right yeah we'll figure it out but uh yeah I mean this is this is the game of the season to this point you know yeah. game four down two one on the road don't obviously want to go down three one so um, Warriors, you'd expect some type of response from them, at least just from a, an energy and a mindset standpoint. And we will just watch out for updates on Steph Curry, uh, you know, from practice. Uh, we're we're going to be heading to practice in a few hours here in Boston. So we will talk to you Friday night. See you. We'll go to Marcus next. Yes. I'd like to begin by repenting for my press conference. <laughs> <laughs>